Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This week's Major Spoilers podcast, the final podcast of 2013, is brought to you by the following fine and faithful spoilerites. Theo Poselt, Lori McClory, she rhymes, DDP McCarthy, he does not, Stephen Howland, Jared Willis, Kevon Gordon, Daniel Berg, Charles Muir, Sarah Reynolds, Lojo Riderworks, I'm not sure what that is, but that's awesome, Don Willis, Wayne Mallett, Alexander Rudiger, Rudiger, Eric Anderson, Andrew Erickson, no, Andrew Coleman, that's right, Aaron Lim, Vern Wells, Benjamin Wixer, Christopher Parsons, Jeffrey Peterson, half that name is awesome, Joel A. Maroney, Sean Krause, The Mongoon Show, <laughs> Kevin Hall, and Andrew Irwin. A huge passel, a room full, a virtual plethora of dearth, and fine and faithful spoilerites all on this one goes out to them. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. And I'm Stephen, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue i don't really have an open should old acquaintance be forgot and steven and i shoot the stuff and the major spoilers podcast is on the air welcome to issue 554 of the major spoilers podcast thank you for downloading thank you for listening to our lost last lost lost and last podcast of 2013 matthew had a burrito there um we're gonna do this show a little bit different this week this is uh, not a lot going on uh, in the week between Christmas and, and New Year, really, Matthew. And so I thought we would just, uh, Matthew may be disconnected. I thought we'd just do things a little bit different this week. I know I'm kind of worn out from the holiday. My kids have been home, and I know that I'm worn out because I've been up late playing this game on uh, PlayStation 4 called Rezogun. I don't know if anybody's uh, played this yet. I'm sure if you've got uh, the PlayStation 4, you've uh, already downloaded it. It's a free game, uh, but it's really kind of cool. So this Rezogun game, uh, Matthew, I don't know if you've ever played uh, this game, oh, I don't know, called Defender? Years and years ago. <laughs> this is like a modern version of Defender. Instead of just moving in a... Uh, instead of moving in a straight line, you're moving around this uh, circular city. And so you've got stuff coming at you from both ways, and you're trying to rescue 10 humans and blow crap up. And it's very addictive, and it's very fun, but it is definitely a modern-day uh, Rezogun. Uh, but that's what's been occupying my time, um, among other <laughs> things. Among other things. But uh, in the late right. night, when I'm like, ah, it's, it's uh, 1230, uh, I, I can sit down and, and play a video game for 30 minutes. I popped up the Rezogun, and the next thing I know, it's like 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, that's the worst when that happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this week we're doing things just a little bit different. Since we are out of Zach, we are out of Rodrigo for the year. 
And because we just have a lot of things that we want to catch up on, things that we well, have like, been like a. Like Brock Lesnar, they're only contracted for a certain number of appearances. <laughs> well, they're not even making those appearances. That's true. Um, but you can they're catch Zach. Really contract, but you get what we're saying. Right, right. You can catch Zach. He's been playing the video games uh, and recording those sessions and putting them up on Major Spoilers. You can go check that out. And uh, today, Adriana wrote a really great um, article called um, Adding Chic to Your Geek, where mm-hmm. she talks about how do you pretty up some of your game stuffs? Other other considerations between some of the stock things that companies give you. So you might want to check that out over at Majorspoilers.com. She's all artistic and stuff. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So. I'm not artistic. I have an artistic person who lives in the house and does artistic stuff for me. Mm. And I'm like, hey, can I have a phone case with a dragon on it? And she's like, I don't know. And then she goes oh, and yeah. figures it out. And, and, and you know, you know, the secret, Matthew, is you pointed at a mirror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I shut up. You know what? I'm, I'm I am a grown man with multiple college degrees. I have I have been told that I am somewhat of a of a of a quick study. And for three days I tried to figure out how do I take a picture of my camera with a camera, and then I'm like, oh, reflective surfaces. Yeah, you know, uh, well, I could give you a hashtag to watch every Monday, but uh No. That's uh, I don't want I don't want any part of what you and the internet do when you're lonely. I'm sorry. So because we're doing things so eclectically, there are some books that have come out recently that we want to talk about. Some other things, some video games that we want to talk about, uh, some toys and whatnot. So we'll just go ahead and get into some reviews. Um, out this out this last week from Vertigo is this comic called Dead Boy Detectives Number One. From the pages oh. of Sandman. Now, this is one that you and I had talked about before. I know yeah. nothing about these guys because apparently I haven't gotten that far into Sandman yet uh, to see where they pop up and have adventures. But apparently there are two boys. One of them died in uh, 18, uh, like 1890 or something like that. The other one right. died in 1960. And they both went to this uh, boys school run by Their Evil Headmaster. Like and Peel or something. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Yeah. Uh, and they're dead, and they're ghosts, but they're still yep. solving crimes in the pages of uh, Vertigo Comics. This is written by Toby Litt uh, and Mark Buckingham, with art by Mark Buckingham and Gary er- Erskine. Um, yeah. So this issue, the the two boy detectives stop a um, b- 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 uh, art heist, and in the process meet this girl who can actually see them in a way, oh. and she decides because her parents do anything that they want for her, um, they decide, she decides that she wants to go to St. Hilarion's or Hilarion's, which is where the two boys went. It's an all boys school. Uh, but she figures since uh, her parents can get her to do anything that she wants to go there too. And the two boy detectives in this first issue say, Hey, wait a minute. We're going to have to go back to this place where we both died. Uh, yeah. but maybe we should be watching over this girl and try to investigate our own murders at the same time. So that's kind of the setup in this issue. It's really trippy. It's really weird. I wish I could say I loved it, um, but I didn't. I think that there's a lot of potential in there for Sandman fans. The art by Mark Buckingham is really great, of course. Mark Buckingham, yeah, uh, we know from Fables. So if you like some Fables action, Sandman, if you yeah. go all the way back, he did early issues of Hellblazer. Yeah, so and if you phenomenal uh, work there. If you want to go check it out, it's two ninety nine uh, from Vertigo Comics. It's out last week. Dead Boy Detectives number one. I'm giving it three slices of meatloaf. I mean, it's interesting, but I don't think it's my cup of tea just because it's really, really out there. I mean, this is yeah. like if you've never read any, um, what's the, uh, 
what's the team with uh, Giant Girl and uh, Phantom Guy and uh, Beast Boy? What was that team? The Giant in- Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phantom. The Doom Patrol? Yeah, the Doom Patrol. <laughs> Giant Girl and Phantom Guy. I thought for a moment you were thinking of the Legion, and I'm like, no, 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 no. it's Colossal Boy and Phantom Girl. No, no, no. Negative Man, Negative man. and Elastigirl. Yeah, Elastigirl. So like, yeah. it, it's kind of like if you've never read any Doom Patrol from like when, when, when they were in their height of craziness, yes. if you've never read any Doom Patrol, this is kind of like that because it takes you by surprise and it's not something that you uh, are really familiar or if you're not familiar with the characters, it's really going to throw you and be very different. It has potential. Fans of Sandman, I think, will like it if you've never read anything um, uh, about these two characters, but you're intrigued by the title of Dead Boy Detectives. Uh, pick it up, but uh, don't be surprised if you uh, come out with the better than average kind of uh, look at it that I gave it. Three slices of meatloaf out of five. Now, this is a revamping of an old school Vertigo book. because yeah, I don't yeah. know if they had their own title in the 90s, but they spun out of Sandman. And their name was not Key and Peel. I can't remember what their names are. Edwin and um, Charles. They have like last names and they go by Payne, their last Payne, names. Payne and Roland. Payne, Roland and Payne. There you go. Not Key and Peel. Key and Peel uh-huh. is that cool show on the Comedy Network. Yes. Yes. So, so, you, so you also read some uh, a book. Uh, I did. Newish I book. Read, I read oh, you know, hey, last week. Like yeah, last week. Yeah, yeah. So last week on Dueling Reviews, for those people who don't listen to some of our other podcasts, Matthew and I do another show on Wednesday nights or Thursday nights, depending on what other things are going on. Uh, last week. Yes, last week we sat down and we did a dueling review of a Doctor Who, uh, The Time of the Doctor, the last appearance of Matt Smith. And at that time, I'd, I'd asked Matthew, I said, Matthew, had you read the Doctor Who special 2013 that also came out on Christmas Day, the same day that the Christmas special came out? And you said you hadn't, but I understand I that you have. I now have Paul Cornell. Yeah, yeah, Paul Cornell. Yeah. Paul, Paul Cornell is not just a comic writer. Paul Cornell is actually a uh, writer for the Doctor Who television show. I oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah, I, I'm almost certain. I may be wrong on this. But there's the the thing that really sells this for me, Paul Cornell has this wonderful kind of theme that he does. Everything that he writes is just super, super British. Super British. And he wrote, I don't know if you remember The Knight and the Squire, which was British Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. The first scene of this book wonderfully i'm looking at this and it it opens with the 11th doctor matt smith and if you just said 12th congratulations people don't like you anymore no that's just mean if you just said 12th you're technically right take a deep breath you'll be fine he's hanging a painting in his tardis and it's an andy warhol painting of his previous 12 selves oh that's cool yeah right there i'm sold and it, it really is interesting as you go through this issue, that's the kind of stuff that we're dealing with. You see a lot of love and a lot of understanding of the Doctor Who. You get the the emergency cloister bell. You remember the cloister mm-hmm. bell that yeah, rings yeah. when bad things happen? Yeah. It rings, and the Doctor ends up traveling to a strange kind of an old, another dimension, an alternate world. And he steps out of his TARDIS and sees a sign that says, Doctor Who, filming locally, and people start asking for autographs. That's crazy. And the, The Doctor has crash-landed in our world. And everybody in this story is metatextually aware that Doctor Who is a television show. That's awesome. And a a television show 
This is like that uh, that time the Flash jumped into our universe. It, uh, it kind of is. It, where he met Julius Schwartz, yeah, and yeah, Julius yeah. like, well, if I was writing the story, here's what would happen. But he meets this 12-year-old girl who's like, I know you're not the doctor. He's like, I am. Who do you think I am? She's like, Matt Smith. And throughout this whole story, we find out she's like a super fan, and he finds out the things that have happened in the world, and he watches... He sees her action figures. He watches the twin dilemma. Poor thing. Poor man. He had to live through the twin dilemma and watch it. Oh, so everything still what's what's on the TV is what's really happened. Right. Okay. He is basically in a world where it is our world. So, and so it is just like it is things. just like the flash issue. Yes. And there's a there's a terrible moment where she says something about which companion is it the one that died? And the doctor finds out that the actress who played Sarah Jane Smith has passed away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Throughout this whole thing, though, it's, it's, I don't know how to, to describe it. The concept itself is kind of one of those elevator pitch high concepts that you're like, okay, this is awesome. And of course, the doctor goes and he, he wins a, a Matt Smith lookalike contest. <laughs> he goes to a Doctor Who convention. We go through all of these wonderful moments where he experiences the fiction on, in our world that he has lived. And that's kind of my problem with it, is it's a 40-page comic, and I don't know that there's 40 pages in the concept for me. There's some fun stuff going on. And then, of course, we show up and Matt Smith arrives. And yeah. Matt Smith is talking about Oh, yeah, we're filming an episode right now. I'm not going to tell you about it, but it's a story about the doctor acting and landing in the real world. It would be something like this, you know, if you were really the doctor, meeting the actor who played the doctor. Ooh, I should ask Stephen to write that in. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, little bit, it's a little, little bit too much on the nose, huh? Yeah, there's there's a lot of meta textual. There may be more meta than text. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, as the whole thing wraps up, you know, the doctor helps the the young girl and they go through all of the life and they figure everything out. And of course, they end up having to fight. Oh, no, Cybermen in the real world. <laughs> it looks like one of the Cybermen from Doomsday. And that is cool up to a point to have this girl explaining to the doctor that, oh, yes, we know this happened in your life because this happened on television in this episode. Oh, that's crazy. And there are little moments where Bernard Cribbins, who played Wilfred Mott, there's a there's a little tribute to him. Just they run down Cribbins Street. But as the thing ends, the doctor is like, so, Matt, when you feel like uh, moving on, do me a favor. There's this actor called Peter Capaldi. <laughs> I always thought he'd make a great me. <laughs> and then the doctor jumps back into his Targus, TARDIS and teleports back to the whole thing, back to his world. And. I, it's it's hard to describe. It really is. It's a good issue. It's a good story. I like it. It just kind of feels like there's a lot of. Well, stress. so you you have to be a, you have to be a fan, right? Oh, I am a fan. I, no, no, I that's am, what I'm saying. I, I, this is not something again like the Dead Boy Detectives. Maybe not something for the casual Doctor Who fan if they haven't been following or reading along. But you know, it you know actually what it might be. It actually the Doctor Who fan might go, "Oh, it's kind of neat. Look, there's the real Doctor yeah, yeah. and there's Matt Smith playing the Doctor." But it sounds like but, this would have been an excellent Christmas special. 
excellent is maybe taking it a little far. I don't know. Maybe the metatextualness of the of the whole thing almost feels like it's too ironic. Mm. Where the doctor has to, you know, meet and save the actor who plays him. And we're all just kind of like, oh, look, it's the year 2013 and we can make these sort of statements. And the doctor can realize that in, at some point in the universe, his life is fiction. I see. Yes. And of course, you know, we get the moment where the doctor and the doctor show up and they're confusing people because one's the doctor and one's the Matt Smithster. Mm-hmm. If whatever that is. But three point. Five slices of meatloaf. Okay. I like it. I do. It just feels like for all the fun that we have and the lovely characterization in it, and I, I, I have to admit, I do like the little girl who, you know, bumps into him and ends up kind of saving his life and he ends up changing hers. It just feels like maybe the premise stretches a bit finish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, over the course of the, the whole course of the story. And the the line about, uh, yeah, you should cast this Peter Capaldi as my replacement is on the one hand wonderful and on the other hand kind of disappears up its own butt. Mm, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I can see that. That's fine. Yeah. I, I think I'm still going to find it and read it. I'm going to probably get it on the yeah. digital from. Uh... Uh, I, I would say definitely check it out, especially if it's cheaper on digital. I think it was like four ninety nine. The... No, it'll be the same price until about a month and then they drop the price. So. Yeah. Well, I you know I get a little discount because I work in the comic store. <laughs> well, I've probably got I've probably got the review copy sitting on my hard drive right now, so I guess oh. I could go and read well, that. Then why did I pay for this? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to look. That may be one that they didn't release. I don't know. Um, so uh, I said Mark Buckingham uh, worked on Fables for a long time for the Dead right. Boy Detectives. There is another comic that came out this week by Bill Willingham, who also works on this book called Fables. Only this Willing- is not a book called Fables. Do you have to have Ham in your name to work on Fables? I, I think so. Bill um, Willingham, Chris Roberham, <laughs> uh, Matthew, uh, what's his name? Ham? Matthew Sturgis Ham. Sturgis Ham, yes. <laughs> I think for a while it was it was drawn by uh, Doug Hammyham. So legendary, a steampunk adventure number one from Bill Willingham. Um, so here's an idea, Matthew. Everybody loves steampunk, right? What's what? a steampunk? That's, you know, one of the things with the, uh, like, you take Victorian-era England and it never ended, but you've got all this high-tech gadgetry and everybody wears goggles and and rocket oh. ships, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know steampunk. My kid, my kid wore goggles and had a rocket ship for Halloween this yeah, year. Yeah, steampunk uh, Harry Potter. Um, yeah, just go ahead and stick a, stick a gear on everything and you're good to go. Yeah, exactly. So this takes place in a steampunk world. Uh, don't know the year, but we're going to say, yeah, the 1930s, because radio is a big thing. Or right. at least a the wireless air. Uh, what do they call this? Eh, they don't well, say. Oh, I, I haven't seen it. Well, I was trying to see if they if they said exactly how it was coming. But, uh, the wireless air transport system. They, they have uh, dirigibles. They have horse-drawn carriages. And they have a place called the Scarlet Club. And not the Cobalt Club, but the Scarlet Club. And inside, we meet a couple sitting at a table, uh, one of them by the name of Britt Reed. <gasps> That's yes. the... What? Yes, what? exactly. Oh. And then um, we also get to meet... Uh, what the heck is this girl's name? Lois Lane. Hmm. Eh, but it's uh, Essentially, it turns out to be uh, Vampirella. And uh, then what? there's also... 
uh, a girl shows up the door and she's being chased by steampunk ninjas, ninja assassins, steam pinjas, steam pinjas, and uh, Vampirella gets to do her vampire stuff and tear these people limb from limb. She's the owner of the Scarlet Club, by the way. Please show up. Everybody pretends like uh, because everybody carries a gun in steampunk world that they uh, that the patrons of the Scarlet Club made quick uh, killed all these guys. And then uh, Vampirilla basically tells Britt, hey, I know about your secret. You and I are going to work together to solve this mystery of why people were chasing this girl down. And oh, by the way, let's go back into my secret room and find out who this girl is. Her name is Magna Spartarosa. Her sister, and oh, I should also mention that Magna uh, has red hair. Uh, her uh-huh. sister is Miss Sonia Spartarosa. So what we're getting here is we're getting a lot of the... <laughs> Dynamite. Everybody that Dynamite owns. Everybody that Dynamite owns is getting steampunkified into is in there? Legendary. No, not yet. And it's not spelled Legendary like D-A-R-Y. It's D-E-R-R-Y. Right. Oh. Um, it's Legend, wait for it. Yes. Derriere. We do get to see, um, or we get the promise that the Green Hornet and Kato will show up next issue. And I don't know if we're going to get any more of the uh, characters, although I would say that one of the big heavies at the end may bear a striking resemblance to uh, uh, Ming the Merciless. So that'll oh. be interesting to see how that plays out. But it's a very different story. It's kind of like fables in in its, uh, you know, in, in this world that we're creating with these characters that we know but put into a different kind of slot. Um, all I can say is it was interesting but at the same time, this is a book that Rodrigo, I know, would absolutely hate because he hates dropping those characters, familiar characters, into different situations and having the audience spend all their time going, oh, so that's that person and that's that person and that's that person. And I think that was probably the big detractors because up until the point where they actually say that this guy's name is Britt Reed, we know that the radio station is B-R-I-E-D or uh, Breed uh, Radio. Um <laughs> You know, you have to pay real close attention to the letter that has Miss Sonia on it and knowing that it's the girl's sister. Um, so, yeah, and it took me a few minutes to go back and realize that the character of Vampirilla, even though she's dressed in her Victorian cyber garb, cyberpunk guard, uh-huh. uh, or steampunk yeah. guard, I'm sorry, uh, she's wearing the Vampirilla necklace. Um, so it's it's good. It's interesting. I enjoyed it. I'll read the next issue for sure. But this is one that's really kind of... Not what I was expecting. Yeah. It sounds weird. Yeah, it is. You're, you're going to have to check it out. Uh, I'm going to give this one three and a half slices of meatloaf. Um, it is worth checking out. The art is a little interesting. The story is definitely interesting. I'm going to see, I would like to see how far Willingham takes this, especially with fables coming to a close. He may need another literary world to work in, and Legendary may just be it. That was out this past week from uh, from Dynamite Entertainment. Um the other comic book that I want to talk about, I'm just going to jump in here because I've got four of them, Matthew. Four? Yes. Uh, well, not all comic books. Why do you books. get four? Well, because you said you only had two. <laughs> My name's Steven and I have four. You absolutely have to rush out and buy, if you didn't buy it a couple of weeks ago, you have to get Lock and Key Alpha number two from IDW Publishing. Joe Hill, Gabriel Rodriguez. This is the final chapter in the... Um, in the uh, in in the saga that was started years ago, featuring uh, the kids and their adventures with the Key House, 
Um, this is really good because everybody thinks that Brody is dead and uh, maybe he's not. But this is an issue that is all about goodbyes and farewells and saying the things that you couldn't say to the people before they died and actually having a chance to say what you want to them. It is phenomenal. It is a great closing to this whole tale that if you have, again, I'm going to say this, and people, it's probably one of the last times I'll ever get to say this unless we start reading the Lock and Key volumes um, for the show. This is probably the best complete series ever. From a series that had a very definite beginning to a series that has a very definite end, this is probably the best series ever. And if you don't go pick up Lock and Key and read it, now, of course, if you go out and you've never read Lock and Key and you pick up Lock and Key Alpha number two, you're going to kind of be ruined on everything. But uh, Lock and Key, the series, has been phenomenal. And this issue really, really sealed it for me. It's one that uh, I saw on, on Twitter the day that it was released. People were like, my jaw's on the floor, tears in my eye. The artist, of course, great story, great. Lots of surprises, a lot of things you didn't see coming, a lot of things that made you have to go back and reread again. Uh, but it's great. Uh, there's also some backup material, the real-life Lovecraft, Massachusetts, where um, Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez went out to um, uh, Swallow Cave in Nanhunt, Nanhant, Massachusetts. And it's and it's and this whole island is based on, you can see the pictures and then seeing how the drawings came out, um, how these relate directly to the story. It's fantastic. Only drawback is this is a prestige format, or at least it's a thicker format. It's seven ninety nine, so it That's, is kind of pricey, but worth it to com- steep side. Worth it to complete your um, collection of uh, lock and key. Five out of five slices of meatloaf, no doubt. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Wow. This is one that you have to buy. If you don't buy it and read it, Matthew, you're to. you're a sucker. Well, sucker. So. Oh, you want to play? All right. Fine. <laughs> You've got another book that I know you're just dying to talk about. Oh, yes, I am. Some years ago, a man took over the reins of editorial at Marvel Comics. That man's name was Bill Jemas. And he, together with Joe Quesada, who, by the way, is still the editor-in-chief at Marvel Comics, decided that one of the greatest mysteries of the Marvel Universe had to be unlocked, and that was the origin of the man known as Wolverine. Yeah, but don't we, know, don't we know his origin, right? We know his origin, right? I mean, it was, uh, grew up in the Civil War, went to Japan for a while, got blown up in Hiroshima, spent some time ah, in the Savage Land. But... <clears throat> well, anyway, yes, yeah, some of that they did, some of that they didn't. And they they grew up, and he had a thing and a face, and he had a big brother named Doug, or Dog, Doug Logan, <laughs> Doug and Bob, because they're Canadian, get it? Yeah. Okay, wait. Origin, the origin of the Wolverine, was a big hit. So now, this week, Marvel brought a Origin 2. Morigen. <laughs> Morigen. <laughs> yes. Uh, Five-issue limited series, Origin 2, picks up sometime after Origin left off. Origin, for those of you who don't remember, uh, gave us Wolverine in a nightshirt, running around and going, oh dear, and talking like Little Nemo. Now it is the year 1907. Okay. The man known only as Logan is living in the woods of Canada. He is basically living an entirely feral lifestyle. And I will give them credit. Kieran Gillen, 
uh-huh. who wrote this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of the Kubert brothers, whose name escapes me. Andy? It may be Andy. They have created a really, really fascinating kind of story where Wolverine is living with a wolf pack. Okay. And the wolf pack, of course, has adopted him because he has opposable thumbs. <laughs> he can hey, that, guy, of- that guy can go grab stuff for us. Let's adopt him. Let's, he can, let's make him one of our own. Eh? So they give us about 18 pages of Wolverine, or as the wolf cub think of him, as the wolf the man wolf man. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, yeah. And the wolfish man. That's yes. what it is. Okay. And he fights alongside them. Of course, the his pack is uh Red Streak, who has a red streak, and Gray Fur, who has gray fur, and then the children. And one day in the in the hills of Canada, they run into a strange beast. A beast like they've never seen before. It looks like a bear, but it's white. Oh. And its eyes are a deep pink color. And it looks like it might be shilling Coca-Cola if we were a little bit further north. So the Wendigo? It's not. No, it's a polar bear. Oh, okay. And for like seven pages, we just see this polar bear wandering around. It doesn't know how to get by. It's out of its home environment. And it has this strange thing attached to its jaw. Like, I'm, I'm not sure what it is. It looks like it might be some sort of symbol. But throughout the issue, Wolverine, the wolfish man, tries to help the bear, and the bear won't take it. Uh-huh. He tries to tries to show the bear where the good berries are and how to catch fish. But the bear doesn't want any part of this. And then some months later, he's forgotten all about the bear until he hears the howling from his own people. And the wolfish man comes back to the cave where his clan is and finds everyone is dead. And the polar bear is eating the, uh, the cubs. Yeah, it's awful. Gotta eat the small ones. They and they're the softest. The remainder of the episode yes. can best be described in musical form. <gasps> oh, Logan fights a polar bear. Do da, do da. Logan fights a polar bear, and they then both <laughs> die. It's actually pretty brutal, and it's it's well drawn. They they fight. And they fight and fight. And this polar bear, you know, has his reach and the strength and beats him up and smashes his claws and his one hand worth Nashes of claws. Gnashes his terrible teeth and wrings yeah. his terrible claws. Well, remember, at this point, Wolverine's claws are still bone. Bone, bone yeah, they yeah. Are, they are not yet metallic. He hasn't yet run so, into James Johnson. I wonder, well, maybe they'll explain. Because are they going to explain, do you think, how his bone claws go from circular to slicey? Shh. That's depending on the artist. Oh, okay. But it, as we get to the point where the fight goes on, and this is 18 pages in before we actually get the credit sequence. This is like a whole before credit sequence. They pull out to this really wide perspective that's the equivalent of a crane shot, and you see dead wolf cubs and then a big mass of blood and dead wolverine and then dead polar bear. And it's hard to say dead polar bear with a straight face, but... The story sells it pretty well. And then we get to the point where the wolfish man wakes up and he realizes that the life that he knows is gone and he regrows his throat that the polar bear ripped out and he screams to the heavens as the artist does a uh, what would be a zoom if this were a camera, but it's not, to the snout of the polar bear where we see the marking subject to NSX. Now, you may not know what that means, Stephen. 
But you remember a guy named Mr. Sinister? Yes. Mr. Sinister Nathaniel Essex uh, has been futzing about with mutant genetics since the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. How did a polar bear get to Canada, you ask? And why is this polar bear? How did the polar bear get on the island? I've still been asking that, and that was never resolved. Well, I'll tell you how that happened. The answer there is, why do you care? The answer (laughs) here is, Mr. Sinister is lying in wait. By the way, for those of you listening, it is important that you say Mr. Sinister and make it rhyme. Why? Because otherwise it's kind of ridiculous. Mr. Sinister? Mr. Sinister, no. The Sinister Minister, no. Mr. Sinister at least sounds like it, you know, isn't quite as goofy. The ending kind of throws the whole thing. I don't know. I, but I he knows say, he's a mutant already, right? I mean, so this isn't really an origin, right? I mean, this isn't. Well, he, doesn't, he doesn't know much of anything, really. There, are, there hasn't really been in 1907 any definition of what a mutant is. Right, but mutants, I mean, it's not like he doesn't know that he's not, that he's not going to regenerate. No. This whole story basically has no dialogue, no speech balloons. It's all a third person, you know, and it's, it's a nice narrative. It's kind of a florid narrative of how the wolfish man and the great white bear clashed I was in the ask. Side of Canada. I was going to ask about that because you were talking about how they talk with one another. It's like, I mean, they actually speak that kind of stuff. This, oh, is, more, this is more like a um, Rudyard Kipling uh, Jungle Book thing, yes. right? Okay. Very, very Mowgli. Very, very Mowgli. And that's a good call. Um, it looks really nice. Now, my problem is, why is it called Origin 2? And obviously the answer is because Origin sold. <laughs> because they have to go save the rec center. Yeah, exactly. Electric Boogaloo. Uh, three slices of meatloaf, and a lot of that is on the art because it really is lovely. This is weird, and I'm not sure where this is going. If this is going to be, you know, more backstory that we didn't know about Logan, but there comes a point of diminishing returns on Wolverine origins, and I'm afraid for me that origin came about five origins ago, and that would be seven dead wives ago. But it is a good book. Yours or it's Logan's? Ah, sh- uh, it's shh. Nobody knows that I've cloned the woman and she keeps coming back. Now, for me, again, not necessarily something that I would have sought out, but well done and an interesting story. And I'm sure the people who love the Wolverine are going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. Definitely. It has it has elements of awesome. And if you can get past the fact that we just watched our hero murder a polar bear, I'm pretty sure they're an endangered species. Well, not back in 1907. In 1907, everything was an endangered species. Passenger pigeons, <laughs> dodo birds, dodo bird. <laughs> pogo sticks, uh, French people, I don't know. Innocence. Bananas. <laughs> Do you know? You know what I read? And I don't know if this is true. Do you know why bananas don't taste like banana-flavored candy? Why? Reputedly, banana-flavored candy tastes like what bananas used to be like before we accidentally wiped out all of that mutant strain of banana. Uh, interesting. Because and now the new bananas that we have aren't the same banana that uh, used to be around. Well, that I is, don't know if that's true or not. Well, that's the same thing that I was uh, reading prior to, and I forget what year it was, but carrots and potatoes used to be purple. Uh, right. The discussion came out from which came first, the fruit named orange or the color orange, and right. it's the fruit came first, and that's the name came from it, and then the color came from that. And people were like, well, what about carrots or potatoes, you know, like the yam? And it was like, well, these things used to be used to be purple. 
because that's what was the most common variety until the Dutch bred the purple out of of the carrots and made the orange carrots, and that's that's how come we have orange carrots today. Although you can still at some farmers markets find purple potatoes and purple carrots. So yeah, you can buy purple carrots at our farmers market if you really want to get up early and hang out with scary people. Yeah, I've noticed at our farmers market not too many scary people. Uh, my problem is that our we have like three farmers markets all going on at the same day, and there are like five vendors at each one, and st- because they're all too stubborn to join together and form one giant awesome farmers market. Well, of course not. Western Kansas is all about factionalization. Gonna have to fix that one of these days. Yeah, well, once you are the evil overlord of all you see. <laughs> wow. I mean, I mean, <coughs> boy, uh, chilly in here. Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna have to one of these times. It's I was. It's always too late to pull out the camera to record this. But my youngest son is is two, so he's going through the terrible twos, right? Right. And um, when he doesn't want to do something, and he gets really mad and he wants to yell, he puts his hands up in the air and just is like, no. And it's just like, I want to cut it with Kirk, with William Shatner doing the same thing, because it's just like that. It is just like that. It is so funny to see him do that. So, Oh, by the way, we should talk about Star Trek Into Darkness later, because I just saw that. Oh, you just saw it. Okay, well, I'll mark it down here, Star Trek Into Darkness. Listeners, if you have not picked up Star Trek Into Darkness, you can do it by heading over to Majorspoilers.com, clicking on that Amazon.com link, and making your purchase. You still get it at the same great price. A little bit comes our way. This includes uh, uh, people have been asking, what if they do the uh, Amazon Prime and they rent their movies? Yes, if you go through that link, we get a little bit. Counts for your Kindle books, counts for your uh, toiletries, counts for your electronics, your boats, your vehicles, your breadcrumbs, whatever you're getting from Amazon. Click on that link over at Amazon.com. Help us out. A little bit comes our way and allows us to continue to do more great things into 2014. You know, we could have if we had... Enough people subscribing to our members only uh, Mm -hmm. VIP and using the Amazon on a regular basis and spreading the good word about Critical Hit and getting even more people to listen and more advertisers. We could probably ensure that Rodrigo and Zach were here all the time. You think so? I think we could. Maybe we will be able to make that happen in 2014, but it's going to be kind of a joint combination thing. It's going to have to be the work that all of us put in and the work that all of you put in to make this happen. So I think we can do it. You know, a couple of weeks ago, um, oh, there's another video up on Major Spoilers. I did a uh, time-lapse build of a little Lego set. I was, like, fooling around, experimenting, and I mm-hmm. came together kind of nice, so I said I'll just throw experimenting up Experimenting with the Legos or experimenting with a camera? Oh, uh, experimenting with some time-lapse and trying to get a nice blur going on instead of the stuttery motion that happens a lot of times when you're doing um, time-lapse photography. And so I just threw this together this uh, little Lord of the Rings set that came out last summer. And recorded it and put it up. And, but that got me thinking that there's another book, another Lego book that I got in um, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, I guess. I reviewed a space Lego book from No Starch Press, but it was more of a narrative story with pictures and just a few how to build kind of things. And I was really lamenting how in my youth there was this cool imagination book that Lego put out that was like the adventures of these two little uh, minifigs. And they go to these different times, and you'd have a few pages of no dialogue narrative, but then tons and tons of how to build stuff and pictures on how you could build stuff. And I was really hoping to see one of those come to light again. Well, No Starch Press actually has a series of those books. It's called the Lego Adventure Book, and they sent me volume two. And I said, well, come on. If you guys really want me to compare how good 
this book is. You also need to send me Lego Adventure book volume one. So they did that too. This is by Megan Rothrock. And mm. this is nothing but pages and pages and pages of building really cool stuff from a, uh, a, a car wash that has a uh, upper deck barbecue club to <laughs> a to spaceships to some steampunkery things. Uh, it's all in this book, and it is awesome. I mean, there's some really complex builds in here, and some of it is just, hey, we're showing you how to build one little portion of this larger model, but you can once you get the hang of it, you can figure everything else out. And it um, includes Lego versions of some very famous Lego builders that are out there. I, I don't know them myself, uh, but apparently they're well-known in <laughs> Bob, the Lego world. Bob Lego. Bob Lego, uh, Sarah Lego Minifig. Bob. Yeah, so it's it's a really cool book. And Volume 2 is just as good as Volume 1 if, you've, if you haven't picked it up. If you're looking for some things to do with all of the Lego that you've collected over the years, and believe me, I've been collecting since I was 8, um, I've got a, a crap ton of bricks. Literally. And um, this book is something that you can sit down and just build and build and build. Yes, exactly. Did you hear about the kid that swallowed a dollar? Uh Uh-uh. No change yet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Stephen. The Lego Adventure Book from No Starch Press. It is $24.95. If you are a Lego fan and you're looking for different things to build, um, you can't go wrong with this. I say go check it out. Nice. So there you go. Hey, Steven. Yes. Did you hear about the constipated mathematician? No. He eventually worked it out with a pencil. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know, speaking of minifigs. Yes, yes. This week, something happened in my life that actually affirmed a decision that I made over a year ago. Which was? I About a year ago, uh, we've talked about this ex- extensively. The Widget and I got uh, really into a show called Kaizoku Sentai Go Kaija. The, uh, the 35th anniversary Super Sentai. Yeah. Right, right. The, the Power Rangers. Pirate, pirate Power Rangers. Now, America, being two years behind on the Power Rangers, yes. did not get the Go Kaija adaptation yet. Although yes. the, the first appearance of the characters are showing up and the toys are showing up in stores. Oh, so then now they're finally, the series is finally catching up to that. Right. The series okay. this spring will start with Go Kaiger in America. Okay. Uh, they're calling it Power Rangers Super Megaforce. Okay. And two years ago, I said to myself, <laughs> self, I like, I like toys and yeah, I, yeah. Like, I like superhero toys. And of course, they were selling the Ranger keys, a little yes. two and three quarter yes. inch tall Ranger I, keys. I follow you on Twitter. Yeah, you follow me. Yes. If you don't follow me on Twitter, you totally should. 375 uh, Power Ranger figures collected <laughs> over the course of a year. Ranger Keys, uh, Ted Mosby's first girlfriend, and occasionally pictures of Big One. But I, uh, the Widget and I started collecting the Ranger Keys. Yes. I have been completing the Ranger Keys because she's moved on to other things. Yes. But it's still, you know, our Six strings, collection. kitty cats, and boys. Right. This week, Stephen... I walked into a Toys Ain't Cheap, <laughs> and I said to myself, let's see what Toys Ain't Cheap, and I saw there before me the the Gokaijers giant mecha, uh, Kaizen Gokaio. Yeah, this is like the, what is it, the three-foot figure? They're Megazord. They're Megazord, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. And it, it, I'd say it's 20 inches tall, yeah. but their Megazord came with a packed in ranger key and i looked at it and i i, I kind of blinked and i'm like well i do want a go kayo and it was at a great price although i found it at walmart later that same day for ten dollars less no the wife is looking at me like eh, right now 
my uh, coworkers got me a gift card for Christmas, and so I had Christmas money or birthday money rather. So I got the the Gokaio, and it came with an American Ranger key. Yes. So I would like at this time to tell you about the American Ranger keys. They're just as awesome as their Korean counterparts. Oh no, 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 no. Well, maybe the Korean counterparts. Remember the Korean. <laughs> I shouldn't be that way. <laughs> I actually have Korean keys too. The problem you have is that if you get Korean toys, they speak Korean. Yes, I know. And while I don't speak Japanese, I can yell along with the Japanese <laughs> in in Go Kaiger because Marvelous says "Hade ni kuze," and I say I know what that means in theory. It, but in uh, you know. In Korean, I got nothing. Yeah, my son is into this uh, little show called uh, Tayo. I think it's on Netflix. It's about these little buses. And it's a Korean series. And my wife went and found four of the buses from the show to give to him. And they all speak a language I don't understand. So I'm like, I hope it's all clean. They speak English. (laughs) The boy could learn Korean. The thing that I have, there, there are two things about the Ranger Keys in America that you need to know. If you care about Ranger Keys. And if you don't. Honestly, Stephen just talked about Lego for 10 minutes. You can indulge me. Not 10 minutes. So the American Ranger Keys, unlike their Japanese counterparts, are spring-loaded. What do you mean? So you know how the feet flip up, and you're like, why do the feet flip up? What's with that big hinge in the middle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Japanese ones, you flip them up. The American ones are hinged to where the spring flips them up. So you you click the little clicky. Oh, that sounds like so much better. And it goes from man to key. Well, and it, it, it is interesting, but they're a full inch shorter. Oh. They're teeny tiny, and they've changed the proportion because they're shorter. So they're thick, and they have that. Oh, really? You know how you, you, know how you get the Tonka toys, yeah, Batman? Yeah. yeah where yeah. he's all thick with big hands, and he's like, hi, I'm Batman. Yeah. He's smiling. Yeah. It my, kind of feels like that. My sons have those, yes. Yeah, it feels like the thick, chunky toys that you would have for a younger kid, which, yeah, yeah. let's be honest, we're talking about Power Rangers. It right. may be precisely that, whereas the Japanese uh, figures in their pricing were clearly aimed at adult collectors. Right. Clearly aimed at adult collectors. Yes. The, adult the collector. No, I'm not the only one. Oh, okay. There, there are hundreds of people out there who are, like, trying to find them. I have actually been stalking. <laughs> for all intents and purposes, a uh, Change Man Black Ranger Key on the internet for about a month. And this is one from Wait. Japan? Yeah. Change Man, the, the, it's actually Change Change Griffin, doesn't matter. Black <laughs> Ranger and season. It's about a 20-year-old season. Yeah. But it's one of the super rare figures. And you'll find them $75, $100 for that one figure. Wow. Right? Fat Man Don't Play. But this guy had one out there at 65, and then the next week, 62, Ooh. and then the next week, 45. Wow. And it wouldn't he was sell? To, he was down to 42.95 for a set of five. Oh, okay. All five change man figures. And I was stalking it, and I'm like, if he drops down to 35, I'm going to get him. Because I'm at the point there where I've got my break-even point. I've paid 750 per key. Yeah. I can sell the other change man, right? And it gets down to 35, and I go, and somebody's like, bought that! <laughs> Some <laughs> no. other guy was stalking and waiting for the Well, that's usually what happens. But I will not be getting any more of the American keys, because as, bad, cool huh? as, well, as cool as the flippy feature is with the, don't you look at me, woman, I will not be getting any more keys. As cool as the flippy feature and the spring-loaded thing is, it, 
I'm not the target audience. It's not that they're bad. It's just that they're different and they're kind of wrong. And, and so they're, they're not for me. They're for, they're for kids. They're yeah, for yeah. widget. Yeah. Of course, widget is like, I don't want that. that guy looks... <laughs> so, you know, I'm fine with that too. <laughs> so ranger keys. Those, those are awesome. Yeah. Sorry. I was sneezing there. Had a sneezing fit. Yeah, no, that's I'll all right. Have, you know, I only have 178 of them. Oh, okay. How many are there total? Uh, all told, there are uh, about 250. There's some new ones coming out because they actually, Gokaiger was the 35th anniversary season. Mm-hmm. They did Ranger Keys for the 36th anniversary season that work with the Gokaiger toys. Yeah. This spring, they're bringing out the 37th anniversary season. There's like 10 of those idiots. Um, they're doing Metal Heroes, who are a completely different franchise, but the collector's market for these keys in Japan and in the Pacific Rim is so massive that Bandai keeps putting out well, these uh, collector sets. Yeah. It's like eight keys for $200, and they sell out. Well, that's, I, you know, I was mentioning, maybe it was during our Dueling Review show with Doctor Who, that... Mm-hmm. You know, BBC has to be making, even though they they make their money from uh, your fee that you have to pay. Uh, right. They have to be making so much money off to after uh, off of Doctor Who merchandise, because you, know you just that. go in and people are just left and right buying this stuff off the shelves. Um, my sister got me a little uh, Adipo, um stress <laughs> stress reliever thing where you squeeze yeah. it and you get to see all the fat inside it and everything. It's it's really kind of interesting, but. Uh, um, but you know, people are just Doctor Whoing it all the time and just buying things left and right, anything with Doctor Who. So they got to be making money. So I can imagine with yeah. a franchise that's not as old as Doctor Who, but just that's as right. popular, maybe even more popular, yeah. um, that these things have to be burning up and making tons oh. of money for Bandai, Bondi, or however you say it. Um, I think it's Bond- the fascinating part about Mattel, it is though. whoever else is making it. I think it's Bandai makes them in both the American and the Japanese market. Oh, okay. But I don't know. I'd have to look at it. The interesting thing about it for me is in Japan, Super Sentai is a series that is for kids, but also has that thing where an adult can watch and enjoy it. Yeah. And there are episodes and seasons that are just for the adults. There's that parental bonus involved. Oh, yeah, that time that Amy Jo Johnson and uh, Tommy got in the hot tub together. That that time that uh, Luca the Yellow Ranger went and got herself a part-time job as a maid and had a full-on karate fight in a in a French maid outfit. <laughs> oh, really? That, that's not aimed at the 10-year-olds. <laughs> I, you know, I, um, what were we watching the other day? And the oldest was watching it, and I could tell he was interested in the fact that she wasn't wearing a whole lot. Oh, right. oh, oh, it's this DC Universe thing, because they flash up the one of the uh, splash screens is Power uh-huh. Girl. And he's like, never uh-huh. asks about never asks about any of the other characters that pop up on the on the uh, splash screens. But she pops up and he's like, Dad, who is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's Power Girl. That's Superman's cousin. Oh, well, I thought Superman's cousin was Supergirl. And I was like, hey, you're pretty smart. But let me explain about the multiverse. Dad, but yes, I was. I why was, is she? Why is she smuggling cassavas? <laughs> I was rather amused by his sudden interest in who Power Girl was. <laughs> Him Spe- and me both. Speaking of DC Universe Online, I know this game has been out for a long, long time. 
about two years mm-hmm. now, I want to say. It's free to play. That's one of the things that they, you know, the, a lot of these uh, MMORPGs try to go pay, pay per month, pay per play, right. but they More quickly per- decide that it's better to sell in-game merchandise than, than to try to, in, you know, shove a $15 a month fee on, on you. Works for Blizzard, but it hasn't worked for anyone else. Well, we did get a, a PS4 for the holidays. Um, nice. And so I was setting it up the other night, and I was like, man, these games, 60 bucks for a game, holy crap. And uh, and I'm sitting down, I'm like, well, what do they got in the free section? I see DC Universe Online, free to play. Ooh. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to download this. And I'm going to be honest with you, Matthew. I tried yes. to create a character that was as far from Batman as possible. I created, <laughs> I created the bulkiest character that you could, as bulky as you could, just, you know, this muscle-bound tallest guy that's out there, just roided out. Then I gave him the power of flight and the power mm-hmm. of fire, right? So he can throw fire, fire and, yeah, fire flames, uh, fire attack. And I started decking him out with costume. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to keep this away from Batman. And then once, and then I said, okay, but the one thing I'm going to do is my mentor is going to be Batman, right? Okay. And uh, so I started playing the game. It's really, you know, surprisingly, it is a lot more fun than I thought it would be. And um, it, I just, the boy and I were playing it again today, which is when he asked about Power Girl. But I was just like, this is a fun game with a lot of adventures. I haven't explored the whole world. I've only done like two missions, I think. But quickly, I noticed that everybody in the game had the same color scheme as I did. I intentionally stayed away from a uh, full face um, mask. And a cape, because I was like, eh, I don't want to go that route. You know, I want to keep it clean. So, but everybody had the same color scheme. So I made mine like a really, 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 really dark red and black scheme. Right. And then because they, you get, uh, you get uh, suit attachments, you know, gloves and things that give right. you better defenses. And so I got a cape and I was like, okay, I'll put on the cape. And then I got a full on, full on mask because that upped my defense. <laughs> And then and then yeah. I go and then I go to fight the scarecrow alongside Batwoman. I'm like, ah, crap! I've created Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> <laughs> Except he's got the Batwoman color scheme. Can't argue my head. <laughs> but he like so roided. You know, you know how Frank Miller's yes. uh, <laughs> Dark Knight four Returns is. Four feet tall and four feet wide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Eight, how the scarecrow. by Klaus Jensen with a sledgehammer. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I tried my damnedest to stay as far away from Batman as possible, and I ended up creating a Batman-esque type character uh, who can fly and shoot uh, shoot fire. But uh, these oh, universe so he's online. Batman who can fly and shoot fire. Yes. Wow, that's and he's, a, he's supposedly he's a tech-oriented um, character, but he has right. yet to develop anything tech. It's all flame attack and and punch flame. you in the face kind of thing. He's he's a brawler. Well, don't, do, don't do tech because then he'll be like Batman. Well, I know you that's why I tried to stay away from it, but I wanted to, to make l- sure he does like wrestling moves. Yeah, yeah. well, he kind of does. He's got some good uh, brawler moves on him. But one of the things is that I noticed is I don't think depending on which of the five or eight um, character types that you're building on on the hero side, I don't think you can get away from one of the one of the main archetypes because you have Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern. Um, right. You've got the Mystics, so you've got a Doctor Strange type. Uh, base Doctor Fate, sorry, uh, and, and then you've got Martian Manhunter. Right, I think one of the Hawk. I think Hawkman is one of the the characters. Um, oh, and uh, 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 um, oh, Flash is one, and then Swamp Thing. 
And really? So, yeah, swamp. I mean, that's you can base your character. You can go and say, okay, I want a swamp thing type character, or I want a Superman I, type character, I be, and it'll I automatically build the stats for you. Only made out of tires. This is a, it's a nature aspect one. I didn't, I didn't really didn't go too much into it, but you base it all on that. But I was like, okay, I don't want to be basing it on Batman. I want to base it on my own character, and I'm going to build him how I want. But you can go in and, and the, spend, you know, an hour building your character. That's what I'm saying. It turned you into Batman. But I had a lot of fun playing it. And I guess uh, for people who are getting the PS3s or the PS4s uh, for the holidays, if you're looking for a fun, free game, and it must still be popular because the um, first two or three missions that I was on um, in and around the East Gotham precinct just loaded with people over the holidays. And um, and so that was kind of cool. And, of course, this is all pre-52 DC Universe. Nice, uh, I'm so, in. Yeah, so you got to get all you that in. You have to have PS3 or PS4. Or can well, you do it on? No, a, I mean they have a they have a they have PC. So if you've got a PC, you can download it for free from um from the Sony website. Ooh. Just we do can a search team for, up. Yeah, yeah, I think we can. I don't know if the if the if it's all on the same server or not, but it would be kind of cool to check that out. You, you can Kyle yourself Firebat, right? And I'll be Bat uh, no, Cobra. No, 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 no. My name is. Are you ready for this? Yes. Major spoilers. <laughs> That is my hero name in the DC Universe online. Fine. Then I shall join you as Emperor Fabulous. <laughs> oh, I think we should take a moment and give a shout out to our friends at tweakedaudio.com. If you want to get some great headphones at a great price, you need to go over to tweakedaudio.com. So many different flavors, so many different varieties to choose from. I like the peanut butter ones myself. Because they How's just the go cheese? right in. Is the cheese any good? I don't know. I haven't checked those ones out, but the uh, the the peanut butter, the PB the PB uh, headphones are the ones that I like the most. A lot of uh, six different colors, maybe even more right now. But if you go over to tweakedaudio.com and use the checkout code Major, you get thirty three percent off the price. It's tweakedaudio.com. We thank them for their support. Thank um, you for your support. Salute. Have, have you watched this show? I think it's an ABC show called uh, Almost Human. Is it on? Sci-fi? No, I think or this is an ABC. ABC show. I think it's an ABC show. Maybe it's sci-fi, but it's got um, Carl Urban as a detective. Uh, this takes place in like the year 2064 or something like that. Um, it's not quite dystopian. Oh, oh yeah, with uh, with uh, uh, Doctor McCoy. Yes, that's Carl Urban. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, Doctor Doctor McDread. Yes, and he's teamed up with an with an android. Uh, that has somewhat of a personality, and it's a it's a detective buddy cop show set in the future. And I burned through, I think there's like six episodes available right now. It's not too bad of a series, except I, I need to do a little bit more fact-checking. But the thing that kind of ruined it for me, and I know some people who haven't seen Almost Human yet, because I know that there was at least one, maybe Ming Doyle said the other day on Twitter, she was going to sit down and watch it. And I said, well, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did until it gets ruined for you. Because they do an episode that is diehard. I mean, literally, it is diehard from the <laughs> setup to the crawling through the um, through the vent system. Wow. It is diehard. And I looked at that and I was like, oh, crap. I'm going to have to go back and double check a lot of these other premises because I'm pretty sure there's at least one other episode that's borrowing from another 80s um, movie. And if Auto that's Man. The, not quite Auto Man. <laughs> But um, it's it's good if it was it's it should have been called almost an original show instead of almost oh. human because man when you just rip off Die Hard like that, yeah, 
I don't know. But if it's Die Hard with a robot. It's Die Hard with a robot. Die Hard with robots is different. I don't know if it is or not. I think it is. I, I, but it's a good show. I mean, I'm really interested in it. There's a, something that they brought up a couple of times that I tried to do some searching on the Internet, and I haven't been able to find anything out yet. Maybe I, because I haven't gone to the Almost Human fan site or something. But three times okay. now, or two or three times in the, in the series, they've mentioned about an incident at the wall. And there is a moment when they do a, a, a wide shot of the city, and you see this right. giant, giant kind of wall that's built there with looks like destruction on the other side. And it almost is has it a, Mega City One? Well, that's the thing that I I've been trying to find out is because, you know, the cities are uh, everything is very rounded and smooth, so it's not like giant block cities. But I right. got the distinct impression that we were looking at Mega City One, and with oh, Carl wow. Urban in it, that made it even weirder. Yeah, as as Doctor McDread in Mega City One. Yes, exactly. Does he say, I'm I'm not a doctor. I'm a pacemaker. No, he doesn't. He's ever not say the that. robot, though, is he? No, he's not. Although he does have an artificial the robot, limb. The robot guy strikes me as familiar too. I've seen him in something. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, oh, almost humans on Fox, not on ABC. Okay, that makes sense. Fox, ABC, they're both networks. This is a J.J. Abrams joint. Well, of course it is. Um. I'm trying to find who who plays the the robot guy, but I, I don't see it here. But you should go check it out. I'm sure you can find it for free online uh, in a variety of different places. Um, but it's pretty cool. But, I mean, here's this. And they've never mentioned anything else beyond these incidents that happened at the wall. You know, they said, I was at the wall. I know what it was like. And I'm just like, what's this wall thing? And then you see this one shot of the city with this wall. And I keep thinking Mega City One, and then they rip off Die Hard. I'm like, what other '80s stuff are they ripping off? <laughs> Auto Man. <laughs> it might. That's no, funny. I don't. I don't think so. Um, a little bit of RoboCop in there, I guess, just because of of what's going on. But uh, well, he's a, he's a cop. He's a robot. yeah. Hey, I got a question for uh, you. Yeah. Yes, sir. Um, my mom and I mentioned this on our uh, monthly chat that we do for our gold uh, subscribers, our gold members over at members.majorspoilers.com. Uh, for those people yeah. that sign up for our $10 a month gold, we do a monthly live chat with people. And last month for December, because it worked this, this month, I guess, depending on when you're listening to it. Uh, but in December, we did it free for everyone. And one of the questions that came up was this uh, discussion about how I claim that I've never played Dungeons & Dragons before, yet I also talk about how I had the AD&D sets and the books and all this stuff as a kid. And I explain that in, right. in depth, and you guys can go watch the video. And if you like it and you want to see more of it, you might be decide to become a member over at members.majorspoilers.com. But my mom found a bunch of this stuff, uh, and she, you know, re-gifted it for Christmas. So this this Christmas, I got a book, and I was like, what is this book? And I opened it up, and it's the Fiend Folio from Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. And of course, she had that the, you already own that. I, yeah, that I already owned. It was mine from when I was a kid. She just regifted it, uh, and then of course, I had the red box, and I've got the blue box, and all that stuff from Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. The problem is, it's been down in the basement and other places for years. And you open it up, and you just smell the mold and the mildew. Oh. I mean, you don't see you don't see the mold growing on it, but you know that that you, mildewy oh, smell yeah. smell that makes you start sneezing. And I know you deal a lot of this with with comic books. What is the mm -hmm. best way to get rid of that smell so that you can actually use these materials without having an allergic fit? Well, with comics, it's a little different because you can't, like, you know, Febreze a comic or anything <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, I, I, well, you can, but I wouldn't recommend it. To some degree, and this is something we've talked about before, the mildew smell on comics mm -hmm. actually lowers their value. If you have a book that looks phenomenal and looks like an 8.0, but smells like a 4.0, yeah. The acidic smell actually lowers the grade. Hmm, okay. So there there are a couple of things that people do. Yeah, my mom said throw, a, throw a dryer sheet in a plastic bag with those things and just tie it up. I don't know if that's going to That do might it. work too. That is definitely a thing. That there are some people who actually use an oven. Oh, really? I'm not going to do that. A, a low temperature oven like 250 degrees and this is the thing. You have to be very Oh, Very yeah, yeah. careful when you're doing this. And you don't want to do something like this with a really, really expensive thing. So, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the main thing about it that is very, very difficult is if you have a book that smells really strong, right, and you're trying to get rid of the odor, it can actually then be considered a reconditioned book. Mm. What I find helps a lot in a lot of cases is if you have a book that is really strong, I will put it on a bag. Yeah. You get a new bag. You make sure the bag is acid-free. You make sure the board is acid-free. And you want it to where the book is actually, at the top of the bag, is open, mm -hmm. right? So that yeah. you have the, the ability to exit. In some cases, it's never going to go away. You want to be really careful with, like, a dryer strip around comics. I would say with your um, with your D&D books, yeah, you could probably get away with, you know, putting Just a dryer sheet them. in the book. Closing the book, mm -hmm. stick the sheets in it, and then enclose them in a plastic bag or some yeah, sort yeah. of shell. That's what they're. Bit. That's what I did right now. They're in a they're in a garbage sack tied up with a couple of Febreze yeah. sheets in there. But you know, I didn't. You know, have I, I put them out in I put them out on the garage for like a week when it was like really freezing, and I thought maybe that mm -hmm. would kill it off, but that didn't do it. And so it's just like I'm trying to figure out what to do because I'd like to you know go through these things, but I cannot stand the smell. It starts me sneezing and coughing and hacking, and it's like that can't be good. There's there's always the uh, the um uh, baking soda theory mm, which you is? don't want to put baking soda on the book okay but you know how uh, grandma always says put baking soda in the fridge and it'll deodorize your fridge because yes. the baking soda absorbs odors yes not only does grandma say that but the box says that yeah an enclosed area an enclosed space where the comic book can be exposed to the same air that the stuff is yeah. that can help but again they're really Really, really, you have to be careful because when you're dealing with things that absorb odor can also cause discoloration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are people like, you should totally try charcoal. I'm like, dude, if I have an expensive comic book, I do not want charcoal anywhere. Yeah, but this is a little bit different because it's, you know, it's it, there's no resale value of this. I mean, there, you know, when uh, at the height of D&D, &D, uh, 30 million people playing D&D. &D, it's not like this fiend folio is going to be worth anything. Uh, I find that if you individually, you know, you bag your your book, your book is in a bag with a board. Yeah. That will actually absorb some of it. Mm, that will okay. keep some of the, you know, some of it. But if you go to Gatekeeper Hobbies Hunted Engaged Bigger. Right. And you go to what I refer to as Emerald City. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen Oz, but I actually have the case where I keep my expensive comic books. Mm -hmm. The expensive book case, even after, you know, 
bagging and boarding and, and you know treating them with as much respect as possible, you will still get that mildew smell here and there. Yeah, this is really bad. If it's if it's decaying, you know, if it's the the paper breaking down smell, that's one thing. If it's something where you see foxing or mold on the paper, and you can visually see the mold. Mm-hmm. No, this isn't that. There's you, you know, can't see anything, but okay. you open it up and it's like that's... whoosh. I would I would say stick them in a plastic bag with either some dryer sheets or or a box of uh, stuff or right. stick a dryer sheet in the book and stick them in a plastic bag and see All what right. happens. We'll see what happens then. They're in there. We'll see. Give it another week or two and see if that kills off the funk. Because I'm trying yeah, to and there comes get rid of the point. funk. They're really <laughs> well. We want the funk. You got to have the <laughs> funk. But there comes a point where there were some comics that I sold because the smell was so horrifying. Yeah. That I. I couldn't take it. We actually had one that had, they call it foxing. It's those little dark spots yeah, around yeah, yeah. the edges of the paper. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, foxing. I opened the cover of this book, and it happened to be a cover of the Dell Comics John F. Kennedy oh, uh, yeah, special. Oh, yeah, the Spider-Man, or the Superman one? No, John F. Kennedy. It's actually a, a book about his life. Oh, oh okay. And, you know, it, it, for a while, Dell Comics did what Blue Water does now. Oh, yeah. And I'm not sure if this came out before or after 1963, but either mm-hmm. way, it talks about his life. I opened this, and inside the cover, there was mold. And by opening the cover, I released spores into my face. Yeah. I'm allergic to mold. Well, that's why I, I said. I don't think allergic. you can handle these books. Yeah. My boss watched me choke and hack for like five minutes eyes watering unable to breathe and he's like did did john f kennedy just try to assassinate you (laughs) and i'm like oh that's terrible but funny at the same time apparently i have the first edition of the fiend folio from the advanced dungeons and dragons 1981 well aren't you fierce i'm just yeah i guess i don't know i'm just going through the uh, wikipedia page about it fiend folio the fiend folio fiend folio you should go to the eBay and see if anybody's selling a fiend folio. Well, let's go look on the eBay.coms. Look, look on the eBay. I mean, the online auction sites. We yes. had major spoilers. Nine ninety five, nine ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine, twenty four ninety nine, twenty nine. Is it really? Yeah, you can sort by uh, most. Fifty. Fifty bucks. Thirty bucks. Mine's probably about a four dollar book. I mean, it's in, I mean, it's in great condition except for the smell. If it's stinky, though, no, no yeah. yellowing, no yellowing on anything, no, no broking of the binding. Does it have that weird thing on the cover that's not a skeleton and not a lich? No, it's that skeleton lich thing. That's the first edition one. Yeah, the guy with the face. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, always I, disturbing. I it's sick. Always disturbing. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Forty nine. Oh, forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, forty nine. That looks to be about seventy nine ninety nine for Fiend mine's... Folio Monster Manor and a PHB. No, mine's not going to get that. Mine would be four bucks. I'm going to keep oh, mine these though. Are, these are two thousand ten reissues, and he wants seventy nine ninety nine. What? Bullshit, Klaus. Mine's oh. an eighty one original. Yo. I didn't mean to curse. I apologize. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you said you wanted to talk about something else. Cut that out. I did. Which is. You know what I got for my birthday? What is that? Ranger key? No. 30-inch Go Kyger? No. Well, I, I actually went and bought that myself. I also got the uh, 11 Doctor's action figures, but that's not what I want to talk about. Oh, okay. Some years ago, <laughs> I worked nights at a television station. W- right. 
Yes. And one of my coworkers would get bored. And since we had a bunch of monitors around, uh-huh. I would bring in my N- Nintendo 64. Yes. And we'd be like, pew, pew, pew. Well, he brought in this thing that I'd never seen called a PlayStation. Uh-huh. PlayStation 2? I think it was just a PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. And he brought in Grand Theft Auto 3. And we would play this on the big monitors. Well, for Christmas and or birthday this year, I received Grand Theft Auto 5. Yeah, do you like that? You go to the strip clubs? I haven't been to a strip club. I haven't found a strip club. Grand Theft Auto Uh, 5. Apparently that's the thing, though. I don't know. I haven't seen one. I know that the copy that I got came with a code to where I can can cash in and win an atomic blimp. To where I can fly the atomic blimp. But what I have done so far is I finished the first mission, as is my want. And I said to myself, what do I do now? So I walk down the street, right? And uh-huh. some guy starts shooting at me. Yeah. Because I think I'm wearing the wrong colors in his in his area. So my guy, I'm like, okay, I'm going to dodge. Instead, I kicked him in the face. And then I kicked him <laughs> to death. And I'm like, what am I doing? How is this happening? But isn't and then that the, the purpose of the game, up. though? Aren't you but supposed to, like... the police showed up. And I jump in the police car and I escape and I'm racing across. And then I end up crashing. And, and to get away from the police, you have to hide, right? Yeah. So I drive into this box canyon, and I drive up, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm on the Hollywood sign. It's it says not Hollywood, Vine- though. It's Vinewood. Okay. But it's the Hollywood sign. Yes. You can tell me it's not the Hollywood sign. Okay. I am 43 years old. I'm not going to take your crap. What it's is this? the Hollywood What's sign. the name of this city? It's New Jack City. What's the name of the place? Vinewood. Vinewood, okay. Vinewood, well, it's uh, Los Santos. Los, Los Santos, that's right. Los Santos is Los Angeles. And then... In order to get away, I started driving in a direction as far as I could. I literally drove for 15 in-game minutes just at top speed into the countryside. That's crazy. For 15 minutes. And then my car crashed. And I'm stuck (laughs) in the middle of the California desert. (laughs) I finally, I'm literally, I'm like, I I can't get home. I'm 30 miles away from the city. What do I do? And I, I pull out my cell phone and it says, do you want to call a cab? <laughs> so I call a cab to the middle of the Nevada desert. And they're like, hey, you want to ride? I'm like, what? I have yet to do anything other than that main mission because I've had so much fun just running about and exploring the city. I think that's, seeing- that's, kind of the, that's kind of the fun thing, especially if you can get a really good open world where you can just do all that stuff. DC Universe yeah. Online is kind of like that, except you can't go into the buildings once you're out on the street. But you can oh. fly, you can get on rooftops, you can do, I mean, all sorts of stuff. But you know I what really I like it. What's that? It, in Grand Theft Auto 3, yeah. if, if you got in a car and ran away, the police would eventually leave you alone. Yes. They'd get distracted. In Grand Theft Auto Vice City, they would come down on you like the hammer of hell. In Los Santos, I ran home to my safe house, and I'm trying to find the room because I have a room where I can go and save the game, right? It's my right, bedroom. Right, The cops run in my front door and shoot <laughs> me dead in my kitchen. I, I'm serious. <laughs> Two-star wanted level. It's not like I'm John Dillinger here. They run in and kill me where I stand. That's crazy. I know, right? I don't know if I'm I can like, get. I don't know if I can get into a game like that. Maybe there's too much violence. And here I'm saying that as I'm beating up thugs in the streets of of Gotham City. There is violence. There is a lot of language. I, I started watching it with Widget, and about the fifth f bomb. Yeah. I, I turned on the thing and turned off the audio and was reading the subtitles. Yeah. 
And then I realized Widget is watching yes, and reading. She's, she can also read. Yeah. This was easier before when she couldn't read. We'd turn off the audio and we'd go for a drive. Yeah. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm going to borrow this car from my friend. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. May I borrow your fine automobile? Why'd you punch him in the face? You just killed him, didn't you? No, honey. No, I'm just borrowing his car. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, there's, I don't know. That's, I'm sure that's a really fun game, and I know it sells a lot. But I don't know if I can get into that, that kind of a game. It, it definitely has its moments. This game has something that the previous ones don't. Uh-huh. Or in that you don't have one point of view character. There's actually three. Oh, really? Interesting. You so you're jumping back and back forth between them? You can switch back and forth. Um, Trevor, who's an idiot, uh, is an idiot. But the character <laughs> that I've been playing right now is Franklin. Yeah. Franklin is is a repo man. Okay. And Franklin keeps getting calls from his boss to say, hey, come in and repossess this car. And I yeah. did one of those missions where I repossessed a car. But um, at this point, I'm just having more fun running around the city. Oh, yeah, it sounds like fun. I ended up out in the ocean, and I, I swam, and I swam, and I swam, and I swam, and finally I found a jet ski. So I climb on this jet ski and steal it, and of course, then the police are like, you stole a jet ski! We're chasing you! So I'm racing in my jet ski as fast as I can go. And something they don't tell you about Grand Theft Auto V, in Grand Theft Auto Three, yes, you could you could bump boats onto things and leap into the air. Yes, that doesn't work so much in five. Oh, okay. I, I tried to hit a rock and skim up into the air and fly, and I literally crashed into the rock <laughs> and flew head over heels and died <laughs> in the ocean. I drowned, and then I ended up in a, in, in a strange part of town. Because I died in a different zone, so I went to the hospital on a completely different portion of the city. I don't know where I live now. That's funny. It really is. That's where you call one of your boys, right? And they come and give you a ride? Well, I haven't quite figured out the cell phone yet. Although, (laughs) I did set the background. You can set the background on your cell phone. And I set my ringtone. I set the I set the ringtone and I set my background, but I don't know how you place a call on one of these things. What is this? Keypad send? What? But Con- it's, it's, contacts it's fascinating <laughs> to see the cell phones in in play in this game too yeah. because yeah i call tried to call somebody for help and it's like busy i'm like wow that's pretty the crazy game really doesn't want me to know oh i'll say something let me say something bad about the playstation 4 what's that holy crap i don't know if it's because everybody got on during the holidays or what the deal was but trying to log in to your playstation online account and get access to your apps and everything down for like two whole days oh wow so both the xbox one and the playstation 4 i think took far longer to set up than they should have you know connecting wires it took like five minutes to connect the wires and make sure everything was on and running but the actual process of registering your system and setting up all your accounts and getting your updates for the Xbox, I think it was like three hours. I think for the PlayStation, it was like three and a half hours just to go through all of that crap. It was not worth it to spend all that time going, okay, now I've got to install a, you know, a 50 gig update. Okay, how long is that going to take? Well, fortunately, I've got super fast internet here at home. So it only took, you know, 45 minutes. Yeah, it only took 45 minutes to, to get it all. And then it's like you go through and register. Okay, now you have to go in and put in your credit card number. Now you got to go and do this. Now you got to go and do this. Now you got to go. And then when I'm trying to create an account for my son, you know, he doesn't have an email address, and so I've got to create a a, a, a screen name that he can remember, a password uh-huh. that he can remember, and that takes 20 minutes in itself. 
It just took forever to set up both those systems to go through the online process. I was getting so frustrated that with the Xbox One that it literally took me three days before I approached the PS4 and said, all right, let's try it with this one. Just because it was so infuriating to go through that process. Wow. And it'd be like, I could connect to the internet. I could connect to the PS uh, store. But the minute I went to go download an app, sorry, your internet connection is not working. And it's like, well, is it my internet connection that's not working? Or is it the the store is so busy? And it's like, this went on for hours and days. It took two days before it finally opened up and cleared out. I think it's just because so many people were trying to log on. So um, people who I feel sorry for the people who were day one purchasers of the Xbox and PS4, because man... Having to go through all of that on launch day would have been uh, insane. I I can't imagine being an early adapter on on new consoles. That's well, just... you know, this was one of those things that I knew I wanted to get a PS4 because uh, the last game systems that we had in the house was the original Xbox and a PS2, yeah. and right. so we had skipped all the other generations. And um, the oldest was getting to the point where he wanted a game system, and I already figured, okay, PS4 is going to be it. And then he dropped the bomb that he wanted an Xbox One. Right. Because he wanted to get Minecraft on it. And I was like, all right. So I went through all the trouble of, you know, tracking one, tracking them down, both systems down, spending the $500, spending the insane amount of money, which I should never have spent. And then to come Mm -hmm. to find out that none of the 360 games work on the Xbox one. So his Minecraft, he can't play that. And get a new Minecraft. Well, we have to wait for a new Minecraft to come out. Oh, that's no. the other problem. You go and you look at the games that are launch games that are available on launch day, and there's like five games on each system, and that's it. Yep. I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit more than that, but I mean, holy crap. I mean, I was waiting. I was excited about the PS4 because I was like, oh boy, here comes Batman Origins 2 with a polar bear and a tusky thing. <laughs> and no, it wasn't that. They decided that even though it was advertised as a launch title, Warner Brothers or whoever, Legendary or whoever that that made that game said, "Nope, we're not gonna, we're not gonna come out with that as a PS4 game. We're gonna leave it as PS3, which sure. means in six months they'll come out with it on the PS4." So I can play it. Yeah. So I'm yeah. gonna get one. I was. Yeah, I am just. I, I am disappointed in. Uh, first of all, <laughs> you know, from Thanksgiving up until the day of Christmas, it was a crapshoot trying to get one of these things, let alone two oh, of I them. Can and then sure enough, the day before Christmas, every store, Xbox, PS4, we have them in stock. Get them now. And it's like, you sons of fishes. Oh, yes. So, fish, fish, yes, fish. yes. Yeah, I actually went ahead and, uh, well, I say I. It, it, it was actually a joint effort. But uh, we uh, upgraded Stacy to the Wii U. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was the other one. I, mean, I was really thinking about doing compatible. that. That's I know that. That's why I was like, son of a gun. Because then and that's why we went with it. Skylanders Swap Force was one of the games that is on the Xbox One. And I knew that the boy would love to play Swap Force Skylanders, but we'd already bought it for the, the Wii, right? Right. You can't just go and buy the Xbox One game. You have to buy a whole new starter set, which includes a new portal, three new action figures that he's already got just for the Xbox One. Even though the figures are compatible between the Wii and the other one, not you happy. Have to start out, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, so go to the used store in a couple weeks. He, uh, no, we we got it. He, I mean, I love my kids and I spoil them way, way, way too much. But uh, this is probably the last year I'm going to spoil them this much. But uh, 
I mean, he's loved yeah, it. I mean, he's 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 got vacation, and so the last couple of days he's been switching between um, Skylanders and the only other game that's suitable for him, which is the Marvel Universe Lego Adventure game uh-huh. on the Xbox One. It's really fun. It's also available on PS4 and the um, PS Vita and some of those others. Uh, but it's actually a very fun game, and he's been clearing the levels out pretty good on his own. We have it set to the easy setting, but still, he's going through and figuring out the puzzles and... Nice. Switching between uh, pairings of Tony Stark and Hulk and uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye and Spider-Man. Spider-Man actually shows up a lot in this game, even though it's supposed to be like Avengers kind of uh, a lot of it. He shows up a lot to save the Avengers butts. You know, Spider-Man's an Avenger. Well, is he? Yeah, Spider-Man's been an Avenger since 2003. The superior Spider-Man? Shut this up. is this is a good this is a yeah, good game. He's a member of the Mighty Avengers, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Smarty Man, with Luke Cage. This is this is a this is a fun game and it's worth checking out too. I think so. That nice. was that was our qu- Christmas. I mean, people are like, "Holy crap, you dropped that money!" Yes, I dropped that money on my kids because I love them. Um, but that's uh, all. Also, I kind of have it, and I may not next year. Yes, exactly. But that's all he was talking about since I don't know August. Yeah. Was that all he wanted? He's like, oh, man, I hope Santa buys that, or I hope we can get that. And it's, oh, I can't wait to see if we get this. And it's just like, oh, I can say no to such a cute kid. Well, um, here's what I do. No. <laughs> yeah, we had, we, a long, actually... we had a long talk about that today since he was off school. I was like, look, no is going to be an answer you're going to be hearing a lot of in the coming uh, months and years, boy. It's not because we don't love you. It's just we have to. We actually had uh, that discussion in a store where uh, Widget was like, can I have this? Can I have this? Can I have this? Can I have this? And, you know, we're, we're in a mall. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, no. She's like, okay. And put it back. And the cashier woman looked at me like I grew another head. <laughs> and she's like, that's awesome. Yeah, how could you? Oh. oh how, how'd you do that? Oh, that you said no and she didn't have a fit? I said no and she said, okay. Yeah. Uh, the oldest is good at that. The youngest is still trying to figure that out. But like I said, he's in his... Terrible twos, and he is terrible right now. Oh, I can imagine. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He learned yeah. it by watching you, but even then, probably, probably. My name's Steven, and this is how I talk. Oh no, he is just like oh the other day mouth on this one because he goes to timeout right? right, and he doesn't like going to timeout. And so the other day, I was like, you, mister, are going to time out. And he looks at me and goes, no, dad, you sit on the couch and you watch TV and you be in timeout. And I was like, oh, no, you didn't say that to me. Oh. And I was like, he he got sat down and cried for about a good 20 minutes because oh, he was man. mad. <laughs> well, he hasn't said that to me since. Well, yeah. <laughs> Although he did lean up against me the other day. He was laying up against me and he goes. He's just leaning back, you know, and I'm on the floor laying down. He's kind of propping up on me, and he's like, Dad, is that your belly? <laughs> Shut up, you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not, that's not going to work. Yeah, Tell yeah. Him. Is that Tell your belly? Too. All right. I think we probably ought to wrap it up. Uh, did you have a good 2013, Matthew? I actually did. 2013 was a marked improvement on 12. Uh, it was certainly better than 6. Yeah. Yeah, I've already said one bad word, so I won't tell you what I thought of 2006, but 2013 was a decent one. Eh, 2013 was very stressful for me this year. I think it had some good positive things that came out of it. Uh, I hope those positive things continue into 2014. I certainly have some big plans uh, for 2014. 
But I'm hoping that I look back and say, you know what? 2010 through 2014 were just simply awful. But now they are wonderful. Really? Uh, but we'll see what happens. We'll see uh, what 2014 happens. will be the year that they translate Gokaiger into English. <laughs> and we'll see. Because, you know, this is the thing. The guy in Japan who is the Red Ranger is this super cool, aloof Red Ranger who's like the toughest of tough guys. He's, yeah, like, he's like 90 yeah. years old. No, he's like 20. Oh, okay. But the best, the, okay, this is the thing. You want to know how hardcore Captain Marvelous is? Yes, how, how awesome Last is episode, the big bad of all big bads is they've, they've, they've hurt him. He's like, you cannot hurt me. How can this be? And Marvelous looks at him and says, you can whine about it to your son when you're dead. Oh. Yeah, Marvelous does not screw around, my friend. And then he killed him because, right. you know, he's an exploding Japanese monster and that's what you do. And they had pieces but of rubber it, all over their faces. Yes. In, in the United States, that character is named Troy. And Troy is a very good actor. He has three different ways to express dull surprise. So we're, we're looking forward to, at the very least, it'll be fun to mock Troy. I, I cannot wait. Uh, listeners, if you're listening to this, depending on when you're listening to this, the site is probably That's down. Cool. The site is probably down at the moment, but uh, give it a little bit and take a look at the uh, thing that we have on the other side for you. It'll be a lot of fun, and uh, it's all part of what's happening in 2014. Keep watching the skies. Keep watching the site. Lots and lots and lots more on the way, and that wraps it up for this week's installment of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Thank you for being part of the experience. Thank you for downloading. Most of all, thank you for sharing this with a friend. I know this is the way that we have to do this. If we're going to grow and we're going to be successful— uh, we could go out and advertise, which we'll be doing some more of that in the in the next year. But we also nice. need you to go out, you the listener, to go out and beat the bush a little bit. You know, there, I said it earlier, 30 million people play Dungeons & Dragons. There 30. should be at least 10 million of them listening to the Critical Hit podcast. We know that there are at least a million people who read comic books each month. They should be yeah. listening to the Major Spoilers podcast. Let's are you sure it's word. not just 40,000 people reading the same comics over and over? <laughs> They're all buying four copies of the uh, exactly. of the number one comic. Maybe. Yes, one, one, one to read, three to, <laughs> three to seal away for hopes of paying off their house in 20 years. Yeah. yeah. We like Batman. Let's spread the word, everybody. We can do it. We can take major spoilers to the next level, and we can do it in a much, much different way than any other web uh, site out there, uh, web yeah. comic book site out there. Um, so we can nobody has us. Why? Because we know that you love comics and we do too. That's where we're going in 2014. We'll talk with you soon. We'll see you next year. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Majorspoilers. Fat Dick's Ray Vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler! What a major spoiler! 
to think about a better way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. If I'm Stark Raven, rich like a man of iron, I might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the hard cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read upon all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fine be in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler Major Spoilers is copyright 2013 Hi, this is Don from New York And I've been listening since episode 100 When Matthew did that 10 minute long riff and I just wanted to say, I love you guys. You guys do a great show. You guys do multiple great shows. I've never called before. And I just wanted to say Merry Christmas to you guys. And have a Happy New Year. And I can't wait to see Major Spoilers in 2014. Thank you, guys. Bye. Hello, Major Spoilers. This is Andreas calling from the far side of the world this week. Just to remind everybody that the new issue of Private Eye, Walkham's new own digital-only series is out. And you can check it out on panelsyndicate.com. Just download the book right to your iPhone, your mobile device, or your uh, computer. And afterwards, you can decide however much you want to pay. Well, I liked it anyway, so hope you will too. Thank you. <laughs> 